0: Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Nigro again with our next episode of Psychology Unplugged. Thanks, everyone, for your comments, feedback. Much appreciated. I enjoyed speaking with a lot of you guys over the past week and look forward to upcoming conversations and meetings um, with a lot of you guys. Uh, Today's topic is one of the most fascinating uh, and severe psychiatric conditions and this is schizophrenia. Uh, the original term was dementia precox. And actually, schizophrenia goes back into, you can find it in Egyptian hieroglyphics. Um, it's a very scary disorder. And it's, it's one of the few psychiatric conditions that has a... Uh, A typical age onset, which is generally between 16 to 30. And the reason for that is that period is considered to be one of the most stressful times in a person's life. Uh, Beginning to plan going to college, marriage, career, children, and... I think I've mentioned this before, something called the diathesis stress model, which is the intersection and interaction of a genetic predisposition and stress and the release of glucocorticoids. So some risk factors for, for schizophrenia, uh, certainly family history. Family history is a very... A, Significant contributory factor in offspring uh, at some point developing uh, full-blown schizophrenia. Uh, marijuana use in adolescents has been linked to a first break psychosis, and I have seen this several times in my office doing a neuropsych eval. And I, you know, prior to. Marijuana being legal in the United States and various states, we were generally asked about substance use. Um, my wife from sure to tested this as well. Had to specifically ask for marijuana, not just drugs or alcohol, because you know, well, it's legal, so we don't consider it a drug. Well, yeah, so is alcohol. Both are mind altering agents, um, but. I really try to warn kids, uh, adolescents, if they're smoking marijuana, especially if they have a family history, they have to be very careful because once you cross over to that side of reality, you do not come back. Um, Childhood adversity. uh, Actually, interestingly, uh, birth in late winter, early spring, and having an older father and being born and raised in the city are also risk factors for schizophrenia. Uh, So, what is this? It is a transition into an alternate form of reality. Now, the distinguishing features of schizophrenia is our delusions, which are irrational beliefs that a person truly believes are true, such as The TV can control their mind. The telephone wires are bugged. They have magical powers. Someone has removed their organs from their body, yet they have no scars or wounds to support that. Hallucinations. Visual, auditory, gustatory, olfactory, tactile. There's several different types of hallucinations. The more common ones that we come across are the visual and the auditory now what i've always found interesting about hallucinations is they never tell a person to do good things they never tell a person what a good individual they are they don't tell an individual to go out and devote their life uh to a life of servitude of taking care of others they're negative and they are uh in in intrusive uh you're not worthy go kill yourself um a, a variety of things now <clears throat> research on this there's there's in the language areas of the brain there is broca's area which is the area responsible for expressive speech. There's Wernicke's area, which is responsible for our receptive speech. Now, these two areas of the brain are connected by a bundle of nerve fibers called the arcuate fasciculus. And that's what allows us to be able to communicate expressively and also understand what's being spoken to us. Research um, on individuals who were actively hallucinating showed that um, Broca's area was activated under functional MRIs which is measuring glucose levels which shows that there is no other voice because otherwise Wernicke's area would be activated it's actually Broca's area that's activated so it's internal dialogue um some techniques that are effective obviously this is where you're getting into the class of of medication um but work with patients and having them um singing a song, um, to help them try to master some control over the, that you can kind of shut these off. Uh, but once you stop singing a song, the voices are going to come back. Uh, eating crackers is another good one uh, because one of the theories of hallucinations is they are sub vocalizations and eating the crackers uh, or, or whistling uh, can shut them off temporarily. Will it cure schizophrenia? Absolutely not. It, these are more techniques to give an individual some sense of control that they might be able to mediate this Uh, other diagnostic criteria are is disorganized speech Uh, very uh, what we call like derailment Uh, neologisms persons making up words and sounds Uh, echolalia which is just repeating almost like a parrot just mimicking what you're saying over and over again being very tangential you know jumping from topic to topic to topic uh very disorganized, uh, grossly disorganized, and, and and catatonic behavior is another diagnostic criteria. And negative symptoms, um, what's called like evolution, called the schizophrenic mask. If you go online, you probably if you said don't go online, but you go online, you can see a picture, uh, type in the schizophrenic mask, you can kind of see this, this it's like no one's home. So, this is, a, again, a very severe, lifelong disorder that generally requires um, psychopharmacological management as well as um, cognitive behavioral therapy. <clears throat> schizophrenia has a cousin, and its cousin is called schizoaffective disorder, which is essentially the same symptoms of schizophrenia now you're adding a mood component to it either schizoaffective disorder depressive type schizoaffective disorder bi- bipolar type um so again the differentiation between schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder is there's mood symptoms and mood instability in schizoaffective disorder in pure schizophrenia there's Generally, besides the, the evolution, not full blown major depressive disorder or full blown um, bipolar disorder. So, again, this is a it 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 it's a fascinating disorder because people also have access. To, if I've looked at drawings and seen works of art that people have done, it's almost like an individual with schizophrenia has access to a part of their brain that none of us have access to. You know, the psychologists back in the 60s and 70s, prior to, you know, they would experiment. There's a great book called The Three Pound Universe. And the, these were, I think, the two newspaper writers. And they just went around and researched as much as they could about the brain. And I remember one section of the book they talked about to several psychologists who would go into, like, sensory deprivation tanks, who would take LSD uh, hallucinogens to kind of experience what psychosis was like. Um, so it's, it's a really interesting perspective. Um, I know my wife, when she was going through her um, – Psychiatric training at Mass General. I think I think I recall her telling me that one of the pharmaceutical companies brought in kind of a, a virtual reality, where she actually was able to experience what somebody who was having hallucinations would experience. And I remember it says has left a lasting imprint on. On her uh, no she 's not psychotic, it's <laughs> just, just just an experience but it, it it's it 's a severe disorder and 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 psychosis in and of itself is not just relegated to schizophrenia it it can manifest also in major depressive disorder with psychotic features. it can manifest in bipolar disorder with psychotic features but you know we 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 talk about stress again. The diathesis stress model has been shown to be proven over and over again that if you, if you're carrying a genetic marker for a psychiatric condition and you are not effectively managing your stress levels, you are placing yourself at an elevated risk for the mutation. And once that gene gets turned on, it doesn't get turned back. It doesn't get turned off. And it, these are these, this is a lifelong condition. And, you know, I, I think we, 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 we pigeonhole this population is the crazy they're homeless um and yes you know that population does have a high degree of individuals with pretty severe and chronic mental illness i I've, i've worked with that population in the past and yeah there is a lower socioeconomic status associated with it but you know back to what i was saying about adolescent cannabis use it's real It's real. And the psychologist Elkine, I think I brought this up in a previous episode, he had a theory of what he called adolescent egocentrism, which is basically, yeah, but it's not going to happen to me. And and the flip side is, yeah, but it could. So why do you want to play Russian roulette? And again, actually having seen this and seen a person with one foot in this world, one foot in another world – And again, what I still find fascinating is why is that other world so negative? Why are the delusions always have a negative quality to them? Why do the hallucinations always have a negative quality to them? I find that interesting, and I've not been able to come up with an answer or find data or research to to indicate that. Uh, What was it? Um, If I talk to God... um, if I talk to God, I'm praying. If God talks to me, then I'm schizophrenic. Um, There's a quote by a guy, uh, Thomas Zaz, who actually wrote a book that I personally don't agree with. He called, it's called The Myth of Mental Illness. And he interestingly doesn't believe mental illness exists, even though he thinks he's a psychiatrist. So horrible book, not worth reading, but in- interesting quote. So. Uh, a beautiful mind i think you know i said tv and media don't do a really good job but a beautiful mind is an interesting movie to get a better understanding uh it done forget uh i forget not forget it was russell crowe maybe um did a really good job of portraying schizophrenia uh interestingly autism used to be called childhood schizophrenia i mean that's Years ago, um, so treatment psychotropic medications. And you're getting into the antipsychotics and possibly mood stabilizers or antidepressants, depending on if you have the mood component of schizoaffective disorder, uh, depressive or bipolar type. Uh, if you or anybody you know is experiencing these symptoms, or you're starting to see a change. Not gonna be surprised what I'm gonna say. Get them tested. We have we have psych we have psychological and neuropsychological assessments specifically designed to assess for these disorders. And the earlier identification, again, with all psychiatric conditions, early identification leads to better prognosis and a better treatment outcome. So. I, don't equate schizophrenia with being crazy that's an old clinical term uh actually was but um we could talk more about that what 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 the diagnoses were prior to the beginning um of the first diagnostic manual of mental disorders so just wanted to shed some light on a very severe psychiatric condition that warrants immediate attention. The sooner you can get them evaluated, the sooner you can get them in for medication, again, the better off the prognosis. Until next time, be well, take care of yourselves, and oh, oh, my wife is here. She... <laughs> Julie, come on over. I thought she was waving like, okay, stop, I'm waving, stop talking. Like
1: i I want to say something. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah, I think of uh, just touching upon um, schizophrenia in its early onset. With um, I've seen um, so much uh, in in my career uh, where young people are kind of struck with this condition. Um, it is it can be very devastating. Typically, these patients, these people, are very intelligent. Um, they're very abstract thinkers. And, um, you know, it's very, very difficult. And I, that's why I think we want to raise awareness about it. Stop. It's making noise over there. Um, to raise awareness because it's, it, it, it is an uncommon illness, but it's a very, it's an illness that affects someone's overall functioning in life. Um, and the earliest intervention is always the best, but I think it's a very lonely illness. Um, I know that, you know, it's not always easy to come forth when you're feeling depressed. You question how anxious am I? Do I need treatment? And all, you know, do I have ADHD, bipolar, um, with schizophrenia, it's, it's a very scary, it's a very scary, um, road. It it just, it, it's something that just happens to a person who, and it completely changes them. Um, the loneliest part about it is that how many people, or if that this were happening to you, if you were hearing voices telling you to do things that you didn't want to do, or voices telling you, not our own self-esteem voices of uh, low self-esteem or questioning ourselves and uh, our conscience, but really other people's voices, generally schizophrenia is not someone's own voice. It's... It's, it's male voices. It's female voices. They're angry. They're, they're, they're nasty. They say horrible things. Um, it's usually due to an excess of dopamine in the prefrontal cortex of the brain, which is a lot of what the antipsychotics treat. Um, it's lonely because people don't seek help. They feel lonely because they don't know why it's happening to them.
0: There's a lot of shame associated with it as well.
1: In, in lack of education. So these, these are people that see things, see people that tell them that they're horrible. They, they sometimes have command hallucinations where they tell them to hurt themselves or somebody else, or they have, um, just negative voices reinforcing, but very, very loud. Imagine, and Core did talk about this. I think part of the reason why I wanted to go into med- medicine, um, for psychiatry was due to a very um, poignant um, reality, virtual reality uh, that a pharmaceutical rep at Mass General showed me um, with regard to what it actually feels like, what it sounds like, what it, what you see this. And it it takes you through a person's day um, where they go to the store, but they have to get on the bus and on the bus they're, the bus driver turns around and, you know, just all of these negative people around them outside of the bus, inside the bus, saying horrible things, completely overriding our natural senses. So we already are going through life and we're distracted by the things around us. Imagine, on top of that, you can't even really hear the regular distractions because it's mired, you're mired with these voices that a person has absolutely no control over. Um, it usually happens in in young people, typically males around age 18 to 20. Um, I think with females, it's around 30. 30?
0: Females, have a high, they have a spike higher on.
1: Yeah. But typically, I, I've seen... And, and they do have... Um, so what I want to say is as a provider, what I've learned, um, the, the key thing to look for when you're meeting with somebody and you don't even really know they're psychotic, but you might have heard from a therapist that they're psychotic. Maybe they were discharged from a hospital, um, for a psychotic break, um, diagnosis with schizophrenia or all different variations of psychotic, um, features and all these different various disorders, major depressive disorder, bipolar disorder, um, you You always look to see and observe to see if they're responding to internal stimuli, so you will see someone in a waiting room and you can pretty much get a get the gist that they are they're reacting to something. they're looking each way, they may be looking out the window um they might be mumbling um they might be you know listening to music on an iPod really, really loud to muffle some of the voices. The other piece to this is that, yes, there's been, in the past several years, a, a I hate to say, p- epidemic of, um, of psychotic breaks in kids. They're getting younger and younger. Um, because of the marijuana, it's because of cocaine use, um, different, various, um, but those are the top two um, that cause psychosis. And um it's very important that, you know, they're drug tested when they go to a hospital or they seek medical help. Um what
0: what do you think the medication compliance rate is with the psychotic disorders?
1: Well, uh schizophrenia usually if in the best case scenario, right, they they're they have psych testing, neuropsych testing, and it's a definitive diagnosis of what is causing the psychosis, right? So that you can treat it aggressively. In any city, or or, or uh, I would say city, if you're near a major city, you're going to have um, first break psychosis clinics at the big hospitals. Um, I know they have them in Boston. I am certainly have them in all the major cities in the country, if not around the world, where you can ask for help. Um, you can sign up. Um, it's education for the entire family. It's support for the entire family, as well as the patient. I think the earliest the intervention, the better, Um, but it is never a smooth road. Um, You know, people get, people with schizophrenia, as intelligent as they are, the insight is not always um, there in terms of, Am I taking my medications? Am I not? Do I need my medications? No one's reminding me to take my medications. Sometimes we have uh visiting nurses set up. Um but you know, you can't always guarantee that someone's going to consistently take medications to keep the um the disease under control. Um but you know, psychotic disorders and schizophrenia um on a positive note, they're all treated the same way. So we treat them aggressively with antipsychotics. Um, sometimes people just complain about hearing and seeing voices that aren't really there and they just show up in your office and you're like, oh, okay. i um, not with, without hospitalization. Um, they do have a lot of um, newer drugs that are available on, um, you know, via IM injection, um, they're getting more and more expansive in terms of how many times you have to go in for to your provider for an IM injection. Well, how about
0: the extrapyramidal side effects like tardive dyskinesia from the older?
1: Those, those actually, are, they are primarily from the older generation, but um, the extrapyramidal side Symptoms. Um, well, th- I mean, that's a whole other topic. Just talking about the side effects. So, if you watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or one of those old psych, you know, psych movies of an inpatient unit, them um, they 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 really were quite accurate. Most of the reason why people were just doing the, what they called the Thorazine shuffle, or they had such flat affect, or they appeared catatonic, was largely due to the to the medication, um, the older antipsychotics don't—they um, don't offer, or they don't treat, or they—they they tamper and diminish affect. So um, that's why most schizophrenics at that time were flat, very flat. Since that time, they've—those um, are the first generation antipsychotics. But since that time, they've developed. Um, the atypicals, the second generation antipsychotics, which actually treat um the the affective part, the the mood part. So if someone has depression, um, it'll treat the depression, anxiety, agitation, which often all these components come with of any form of psychosis or schizophrenia or bipolar disorder with psychotic features. Um. So the treatment's the same. Um, the duration is not, um, if someone is very, we, people can be very high functioning, um, with schizophrenia. Um, the IM injections are one of the, they're very, you know, um, predominant right now because it's kind of like set it and forget it for three months. You know, you don't have to take oral. You have to take oral to get on to them. Um, but you know, the IM injections come, they're all, they're coming from all of the, Mega, like major antipsychotics, like the Haldol, um, which is an atip, was which is a typical old fashioned antipsychotic. You have, um, you know, Abilify with the Invega and Invega Sistena for the Invega, and you have, um, oh my gosh, you have so many, um, but they're all very popular right now. Um, it's hard to get people on board, but if you have a family that's very caring um that's that's the hardest part with anybody who you know if they if their functioning is diminishing so quickly or rapidly or they they can lose their job um they leave school there usually it happens when people are under a, an enormous amount of stress big lifetime changes um and um and, uh, you know, just hitting a wall, nervous breakdown, the nervous breakdown, um, getting overwhelmed. A lot of people who go off to college who have that gene, they're genetically predisposed to schizophrenia and even bipolar can have a break. So, um, it's good to, if you have any schizophrenia in your family, to be aware of it, to stay away from, you know, drugs, certain drugs that might activate bipolar. And also, like Core said earlier, be extra mindful of the level of stress um, you have in your life. be mindful of that and and try to treat it um, so that it's manageable so um, yeah, so the side effects from medication, like I said you know the 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 older antipsychotics people felt flat, they shuffled. I mean there was they, they had um, they just they didn't have it, it affected people physically. And, um, physiologically, um, with the newer ones, uh, people have full range affect for the most part, you know, not in every case, but, um, the side effects are, you know, sometimes they can elevate, they all elevate probably liver enzymes on some level, but, um.
0: successful treatment can, people can live productive lives.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the newer antipsychotics have a lower risk of, um, you know, side effects that are typically manageable, but we can talk about that another time. We'll yeah, be well, here all night.
0: About uh, with hallucinations, olfactory hallucinations, smelling burning rubber or burning flesh or something very foul and unpleasant in the absence of any of those stimuli, go see your primary care and get a referral to neurology. Cause those are usually indicators of a brain tumor.
1: Well, don't panic everybody. Well, no. Seriously. It's, um, it's,
0: not, it's, it's not something that should be dismissed or overlooked.
1: Well, I also think that tactile hallucinations are rare. I think the most yeah, yeah, yeah. common ones are the one, the visual, the visual auditory. and auditory um, and gustatory. Yeah. That's rare. So, anyway. Well, that's my two cents. I probably have missed a thousand points, but I just wanted to put my little... I was over there cooking dinner, and I just oh, overheard... What?
0: Yes, I was. Well, thanks for just jumping in. So, as always, um, feel free to reach out through Psychology Today. Happy to talk with you guys. Enjoying doing this every week. Um, Until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and I'll talk to you guys then.